You're listening to Penguin Tracks on 89.5 KOP in Columbia. On the phone with me is the author of the book, The Girl in White Loves Carrie. Do you mind pronouncing it for our listeners? Oh, Carrie Mare. Thank you. Tell us about your new book, The Girl in White Gloves. Um, well, it's about the life of Grace Kelly. It, um, although there's a prologue that's from the mid-50s, it really starts with her in um, 1949 in, when she's living at the Barbizon Hotel in Manhattan and attending uh, uh, acting school at the American Academy of Dramatic Arts. And it goes um, pretty much from there until her death in the early 80s. What inspired you to write the novel, and what did you draw from her life and legacy? Well, what inspired me to write about her was I grew up watching her movies. My mom was a huge um, Alfred Hitchcock fan, and two of her absolute favorites were Rear Window and To Catch a Thief. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I, you know, I grew up with this, with you know, this image of Grace Kelly in my mind. But I, I also had some sense that you know, even before I started researching her, I had some sense that she didn't make movies later in mm-hmm. her life, and I kind of wondered why. And for a novelist, you know, that's the first um, uh, sign that you co- could have gone to an interesting subject. Is you're already asking, que- you know, sort of interesting questions about her life. So I wondered why she didn't make more movies. I, I wondered what it must have been like for her to go from being um, an actress to a princess. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I... Th- I sort of pulled the thread and, and started looking into it from there. And she just got more and more interesting to me as I learned more about her. What kind of research went into this book? And did anything surprise you? You know, yeah. So uh, I, I, I tried to get my hand on, on my hands on as much primary source material as I could. But I was um, sort of surprised and a bit disappointed at how little of it was in the public domain. I wrote to a number of historical societies and libraries and museums and and really people didn't have um very many letters she didn't it doesn't it seems like she didn't keep a diary or anything um and i and and i actually wrote back and forth with one of the um the archivists and he said you know people sometimes don't want to share the material they have or they don't even know that they have it you know the letters are sitting in an attic somewhere mm-hmm. <laughs> so i had to rely um on a lot of secondary source material you know um one of the the best books that i read was actually um, written by one of her bridesmaids and a, and a lifelong friend of hers, Judith Balaban Quine, called The Bridesmaids. It was published, I think, in the late 80s. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but I did, I, I did um, manage to find some number of letters that she had exchanged with friends in Hollywood at the Margaret Herrick Library in Los Angeles. It's the library of the um, Motion Picture Academy. So that was good, too. I thought I read that you made a trip to Monaco. Is that true? And what was? I did. What did you learn? I, you know, I went to both Philadelphia, mm-hmm. where she grew up, um, and Monaco, where she she lived uh, the the second half of her life. Oh, and also Los Angeles, mm-hmm. um, oh. where she lived on and off uh, during her whole Hollywood career. And it was interesting to me to go to all three of those places. Um, I actually grew up in California myself, so I have a, a fondness for um, Southern California, and so. Um, but I went, when I went to Philadelphia, I had been to Philadelphia as a child, but I hadn't been as an adult, and that was really interesting and eye-opening to me. I went to her home where she grew up. It was a house that her father built. He was in construction. 
so, and it's very close to the Schuylkill River, where her father was also an Olympic rower, and mm-hmm. so was her brother. So they would train on that river. And so all of these pieces of geography became really important to me as I was writing the book. Um, and likewise, Monaco. Um, you know, I, I did the tour of the palace. <laughs> um, I, I wandered around as much in the, in, the, um, in the country as much as possible. It's, it's tiny. You can, you know, you can walk it um, end to end in just a couple of hours. Wow. Um, so it was really important for me to see all those places. Grace Kelly struggled to balance a career, her identity, family obligations, and royal life. Through her story, it took place decades ago. How do you feel her struggles relates to women's today? And what a lot of people don't know, well, maybe they do by Meghan Markle, she had to give up her acting career. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah, you know, uh, so this was one of the most interesting things to me when I started researching her life was how modern it felt. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she 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 leaves home at you know eight, almost eighteen years old to be a student. Um, she actually um, she never set out to be a Hollywood star. She actually set out to be a Broadway actress, and she studied at the American Academy of Dramatic Arts in Manhattan. And she lived at the Barbizon Hotel, which is an all female hotel. Um, uh, where other very famous mid-century women also lived, like Sylvia Plath and Joan Didion. Um, which, so her, her situation there was not unlike a college and living in a dorm. And, and she, she dated. Um, she had you know, interesting romantic relationships. She was very serious about her coursework. And she, she also put herself through school. She, she modeled and did television work, and she was very successful in both. Um, so... You know, she was living quite quite a modern life um, in the late 40s and early 50s before she found fame in Hollywood. How did Grace's relationship, especially the relationship with her husband, Prince Raynard of Monaco, shape and influence her life? Well, I mean, you know, so she gets she gets married at the ripe old age of 26, <laughs> um, which which for her, you know, actually legitimately felt old for her time, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, at 26, most of her, you know, family members and friends were already married with with at least one child. So I think she felt like she was actually a little late to that game, which is shocking to us now, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it was the 50s, so it was a different time. Um, and, you know, her, her relationship with Rainier is something I, I, I explore in great detail in the book, so I don't want to drop any spoilers, but I, it was a, it was, it was an very interesting and complicated relationship. Um, you know, they had three children together. Mm-hmm. Um, they both had, you know, strong personalities, and um, they they had passions that very often aligned, and sometimes they didn't. Um, you know, Rainier was really focused on modernizing Monaco, and uh, Grace contributed to that by bringing more arts to the principality. She was instrumental in bringing um, ballet and modern dance to um, the principality, and you know the remnants of that are still going strong today. Is it true she had to pay to marry her husband? A, a dowry? Yeah. So <laughs> there are there are definitely competing sources about that, and I I'll I'll, I'll let readers read the way I I put it in the novel, but that's one of those things that there's there's more than one source. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have to sort of you have to sort of choose where you, where you lie, and that's what I did. Um, 
you know, historical fiction is, is fiction. Mm-hmm. Um, so when sources disagree, the novelist is in the luxurious position of getting to choose which they decide, how they decide to portray, portray it. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Um, Grace Kelly was an iconic woman. How would you define the word? And who are some women's that you feel are? Um, you know, I think an iconic woman is someone like Grace Kelly, who is really remembered and respected um, after their time. Um, mm-hmm. So I think for me, you can't be an icon in, in your life. <laughs> it would be hard to be, be uh, you know, an icon in your life. You know, she's been dead for 38 years, and we still are watching her movies. Yeah. Um, women, uh, you know, celebrities on the red carpet are still held to her standard and compared to her. Mm-hmm. So to me, that's really what has made her an icon. Um, you know, and uh, curiously, a number of her contemporaries you know, Audrey Hepburn, who was actually born in the same year as her, 1929, is certainly an icon for the same set of reasons. Mm-hmm. Marilyn Monroe, mm-hmm. um, Elizabeth Taylor. This was a great time for um, iconic women to come of age in Hollywood. <laughs> and I think it'll be interesting when, when I'm old and gray uh, <laughs> to, to look back on who, who the actresses are now who have stood the test of time. Uh, you know, it's, it's, hard, it's hard to know. Where can people get your book? Everywhere books are sold. Your favorite independent bookstore. Um, you can get it on your Nook or your Kindle. Um, you can order it. Um, you can order it from a number of online sources. But you can, and you can also listen to it. And in fact, um, I was actually listening listening to the audio b- version of it um, earlier today. It's read by um, Kimberly Farr, and she just absolutely hits it out of the park. I listen to a lot of audio books. Um, in my life. And I I feel very lucky to have had Kimberly read this book. She just is fantastic. Did you get to pick her or did somebody else? Um, I, 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 you know, readers are always given a, a, some authors I think are usually given a choice. Mm -hmm. Um, But, and honestly, I could not have chosen wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Tell us about yarn. Yarn. That's a change of subject. YARN stands for the Young Adult Review Network, and it was a, uh, a young adult literary journal that I launched in 2010 with a small group of friends, of like-minded friends of mine. Um, and we, we, it's, a, it's a true literary journal. You know, we published um, fiction, poetry, and essays, and, as well as interviews. Um, in the young adult genre. Mm -hmm. And when we did it, there was no other journal doing that at the time. Whereas, you know, as I'm sure you know, there are, you know, hundreds if not thousands of literary journals for adult Mm -hmm. literary fiction and and genre fiction. Um, And we just really felt like that was a gap in the market. Um, So we, we decided to fill it. Is it still up and running? You know, we uh, we did have to wind it down after almost ten years of publishing. You know, new mate- material. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, everyone who was working on the staff, we were all volunteers. Mm-hmm. Um, but the archive is up, and I plan to keep it up forever. So you can go back and read. It's an absolute treasure trove of um, material, but by famous writers as well as emerging young writers. Do you have an official website? I do. It's kerrymare.com. Um, but if people really want to uh, connect with me, I am most 
uh, uh, active on Instagram, where I am also Carrie Mare Writer. Okay. Is there anything else you would like to add or say to your readers? Um, well, I, I, I certainly hope you enjoy the book and you come away with a sense of Grace Kelly as a real woman with a beating heart <laughs> and not just, you know, a screen princess. Thank you so much for the interview. It was an honor and you have a great rest of the day. Thank you so much, Jill. Have a great rest of your day, too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.